The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by Mad Mushroom, home of the original cheese sticks. Proudly serving Purdue's campus, Mad Mushroom offers Boilermakers amazing pizza, cheese sticks, wings, grinders, and so much more. Next time you visit, tell them Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by Webb's Family Pharmacy. Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. Webb's is happy to announce that they are providing flu shots by appointment right in your car. Simply call to set up an appointment and their friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out www.webrx.com or give them a call. Webb's Family Pharmacy. The professional pharmacy with the hometown touch. The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. This is Carson Edwards from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. Looks, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Red right around. He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellick and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. Four in motion. They get it to him. Four in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. Moore cuts back. Touchdown. It is intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey. What's going on, everybody? It's Monday night, November 30th, 2020. Crazy to think we start December tomorrow of this <laughs> dreadful year. As bad as this year has been, it has flown by, at least yeah. in my opinion. But uh, we are here entering the final month, and you're listening. We're watching on live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter to another edition of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, alongside Evan Webb and Andrew Eiler, like I always am. To break down some Boilermaker football and basketball action, it's always fun when we can do two sports in one episode. How's it going tonight? How's it going tonight, guys? Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> could be better. I mean, that's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling out the room. Could be better. Yeah, it could be better. Yeah. Oh, not fun. Yeah, not not uh not looking forward to this one. No, that's why I, I usually uh, don't drink while we're on the show, but tonight. Uh, I thought it was appropriate, <laughs> so need a little need a little help to get through this one. So another frustrating football Saturday, another seven point game. That's uh, every single game Purdue's been involved in this year decided one uh, for the better or worse, yeah. one possession, seven points. So That's really crazy. close to being undefeated, really close to not having any wins. It feels much <laughs> closer to zero and five than five and zero for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I'm trying to be optimistic here. I'm trying. 
<laughs> uh, I mean, we, we're not going to cover the Minnesota one again, but uh, uh, why not? <laughs> I, I would be interested to see if that guy um, refs another game this year. Wasn't there sure. that he was on because he got moved to the Pac-12? Didn't he? Uh, wasn't I, think that was a, I think that was a joke. I think it was a joke because those refs were bad too. Yeah, because I, I think I think there was like a blatant like offsides on the goal line. Was, yeah, very blatant. That yeah. wasn't called. I think that was a joke. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that guy must be calling that game. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a joke. I yeah. bet there's somewhere out there that tracks that that looks at. I mean, because like I know, like in, in like the NBA, I'm thinking like college basketball. Don't they like they? The, they get grades like the refs get graded like they go back through like the league looks at like that's a bad call or they're not and then it, it kind of decides they keep moving up and can do tournament yeah. games I'm assuming the Big Ten would do something similar with college football refs maybe I don't know I'm assuming there's something out there that tracks these and they get graded and your yeah, guess is good as mine but probably yeah but, but anyways the referees were not the problem this week except well well there was a there was some questionable There's calls and one that did bad. there was yeah. one that did hurt Purdue big time with didn't Derek first Barnes half, yeah. the target because oh, he is, well, he, is two. Yeah. he is out now the first half against Nebraska as well that's a killer because at the time Barnes had nine solo tackles he was yeah. flying around the field he's the only guy on defense it seemed like it was playing hard it seemed like or, yeah that, or he's the only one in position I don't know whatever yeah I don't know if it's misassignments I don't know what's going on the defense side of the ball. Uh, we'll get into it. Um, final score was 37 to 30 against the Rutgers. Uh, this was a game that saw Purdue lead by 10 and a half, lead by 10 midway through the third quarter. But uh, after a kick return touchdown by Rutgers, the wheels kind of came off for Purdue. Yeah, then you go before that. There was a, um, I mean, it was we got up three because there was a, or that we they got down three because of a. Was it a slant over the middle that yes. was a, a busted coverage or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, but then we had the the David Bell touchdown, which was a phenomenal catch. What um, else can we say yeah, about what the else guy? Can we say about him? But yeah, then you had the the kickoff, which apparently I guess there's a couple uh, backup guys were in on the kickoff return. And someone, just, mm-hmm. someone just, I mean, a few of them obviously some missed Simon somewhere because he just it was just blown up from the get go. Yep. Yep, special teams once again. Another week, another bad performance by special teams. Can't get any consistency out of the punt game. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but that, yeah, that kick after that kick return, we were still up, and then Jack threw a bad ball. I got intercepted. And it felt like Purdue like never got the ball back after that. They did, yeah. but it just didn't feel like it because Rutgers was playing keep away and clock management, and we couldn't stop the run. Yeah, I mean it sucked because I mean. I thought Jack played a pretty decent game all around, but I mean, I mean, interceptions happen, but it felt like I know Brian Huber of Golden Black has talked about it in some of his press game or post game interviews and blogs, but it's like, man, I feel like that, you know, that one mistake, you know, just absolutely derails. Like, I feel like you got, you know, interceptions happen, especially with an offense that throws around as much as we do, but I feel like we would, it feels like we can't make a single mistake. Otherwise, it just completely derails everything that we've got going. That's what I thought after that kick return. So that kick return made it thirty to twenty-seven, correct? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, great. This is like right after the the offense goes down, scores to go up by ten. I'm like, all right, you better do it again because defense isn't going to mm-hmm. stop. But mm-hmm. I didn't realize, like I said, I've been avoiding. 
<laughs> reading a lot about this game after Saturday night. So, um, but I did. So I did see today, and I was like, I didn't realize this in real time. Purdue ran three plays in the fourth quarter. Is that right? Yep. Had the ball for a minute and a half mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. Yeah, couldn't get him off field. That's a, that's ridiculous. That's couldn't ridiculous. get could, couldn't get him off the field, and uh, one of the most head scratching play calls on that third and one. A QB rollout draw. I I don't I don't. Back to back weeks, and we lost three yards on it. Yeah, it yeah. was just even if it worked, I hate it. I hate yeah. it when we run with quarterbacks because if it works, they get hurt. And yeah, give a reverse to Rondell Moore, or, or you got two all Big Ten All American wide receivers. Horvath's yeah. been running good all night. He had 102 yards on 19 carries and a touchdown. King Doru had 47 yards on six carries. Why abandon the run? That's one thing. It was working, and then we just go away from it. Yeah. That that was what was baffling to me was, you know, like Horvath. I mean, hats off to him. He, was, he had a great game. I mean, all things considered. Um, he's having a great year. Yeah. He's, he's the, he or David Bell are probably the MVP of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just in consistent results um, from game to game for the most part. Um, he runs hard. He incredible leaping ability, being able to hurdle another guy um, in this game. But, yeah, just the fact that we just completely – still afraid he's going to get cream doing that one. <laughs> yeah. But just the fact that we just completely abandoned it was mind-boggling, especially when we were up, you know, up 10. It's like, why not, you know, do what Rutgers ended up doing to us, which is just melt the clock. It's like- Purdue, has, Purdue hasn't been able to do that in 10 years because they haven't had an offensive line that can control yeah. line of scrimmage in a decade. Yeah. At least. That's true. I mean, I get the tradition of Purdue being a passing school, passing team, Brahms background, but man, if something's working, just don't go away from it. I just, I just feel like sometimes he gets stubborn. Yeah. It's really starting to bite him. I mean, did you realize we're, he's eight and fifteen now since the Ohio State upset? I saw. It. I didn't see that. Yeah. Which it's hard for me to take that all in consideration because last year there were so many injuries, but yet it's part of the yeah. game. Um. And this year it's hard. I get it. Everybody's going through COVID though, COVIDs and injuries and everything. And you're still playing on the field. So results still do matter, even though it's kind of a wash away year in a sense, but results still do matter, at least for recruits. Um, Uh, Especially these last two weeks. You should have at least got one of these last two weeks. Yes. Definitely could have got them both, but should have got one. Should have got Minnesota. This one could have. I mean, Rutgers outplayed Purdue bad in the second half. Oh yeah, well, I know it was a terrible. It was a terrible game, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's still a game that Purdue should win. Yeah, uh, going uh, into it, I mean, they were du- almost two touchdown know, favorites, which I thought was very generous. Um, yeah, I thought that was a little much, but I was also, I mean, we can't play against backup and third team quarterbacks. We've proven that we can't. We prepare for weird. a starter. I mean, the fact that I was really confused when they brought up the I can't remember his name. Um, but, I, but then I, I looked Johnny back Land, 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 and then you had uh, Sitkowski. Both of them played. Sitkowski were he started, but it was the guy before who was originally started. I remember when they showed before the game started, they showed him warming up, and you could see he was like wincing as he was throwing the football. But I didn't even realize that was him until they talked about how they completely switched quarterbacks at the very last second. But and actually, during about I think about a half time, I was like, "Holy crap! We might actually beat a backup quarterback," and jinxed it. And I will say, yeah, this is a game that felt like Purdue should have won and going into should have win. But um, this isn't the Rutgers team from 2017 anymore. Shiano's getting mm-hmm. results out of them in year one, which is scary for yeah. the rest of the conference because he's recruiting well too. So he's yeah. going to turn that thing around and Piscataway pretty quickly. 
have a comment here from loyal viewer and listener Thad Mooney. Said uh, he's uh, referring to Jeff Brom. His play calls are too Gucci for his own good at times. Uh, way both backs were running, eye formation, and cramming down their throats. Can't, can't disagree with, uh, on this yeah. game. But but there are then, then there are some fans saying that we're not running enough trickery, not doing enough this, not doing enough that. So it's like there hasn't been much since year one. No, for trick plays. Why do you think that is? I think that was his best offensive line, and I mean, you gotta. I mean, if the offense is so predictable because you you know you can't run, so then it's I don't know. You can't. You got to have some something to keep the defense honest before you can actually run some of those plays. I know they talked about that a little bit last year, two years ago, when the lines were just terrible well i feel I, like maybe this is the best line he thinks he's yeah got. i agree it is it seems like it's better but i, yeah. I, I th- see my, my kind of i've been thinking about this last couple of weeks because i know that's been a big argument and even that's been a complaint of mine is just feel like it's just been such a vanilla play calling throughout the entire season but i, I feel i'm kind of been thinking and i thought maybe well maybe that first year he was just throwing everything out there just to create excitement because we had such a, a you know, a bland brand of football for the last four years under Hazel that, you know, throwing in some trickery could, you know, get the fan base excited. If, you know, if it, if it did work for the few times it did hit, get people excited. But then now that he's got, you know, his guys in, he wants to implement his regular system. That's kind of just been my thought. I have no idea if that's even true or not, but that's just kind of what I've been thinking is he wants to implement his own system. I mean, obviously you can probably throw in a future place here and there, but I feel like the first year or so it was just a, uh, one we kind of had to to be creative, but also think it was just to show something different to the fan base and get people excited. Yeah, no, it's you guys are guests as good as mine. Um, <laughs> stuff to figure out, but uh, but I mean the offense did. There was some questionable play calls and some questionable uh, execution, but I don't pin this one on the offense. I pin it on the defense who just couldn't 100%. stop Rutgers yeah. on the ground yeah, at all yeah. when they needed to. Which it's crazy. Like we talk about how doesn't seem like the offense is doing great yet. They score 30 points. Every yeah, that should I mean, be like 30 points. Yeah, definitely. Like it's like the offense is clearly not clicking a hundred percent and still can score, score 30. So definitely not the offense. I bet. I mean, special teams was terrible. <laughs> I mean, terrible let alone, let alone the kickoff return, but I mean like the punts, how many punts under like 30, 35 it seems yards like were there? Every game they get one tipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even – was that one in the – I don't know. The there was quarter? one that was, was partially it deflected. Was yeah, it t- I didn't know if it was tipped or just a shame. <laughs> yeah. the, the announcer said tipped, so I was going by his words. I don't know. It might have been just a clear shank, but – Yeah, um, average four punts, averaging 34 yards with yeah, a long of 38. Kills you when your defense isn't playing well. Yeah, so, so, yeah when they get the ball at the – Yeah. When you get the ball at their own 45, <clears throat> yeah, that's it's tough. But then – and it's also looking at – and another game, I, it's, I don't know. It's always, I'm always surprised when I look at like the box score after where I'm sure like some, I don't know, there's some negative yards in there, but overall they average 3.4 yards a carry. I would have thought it was like seven. It felt like it felt like every first down there getting six or seven yards. First yeah. down was killer every yeah. time. That's what I don't understand. I was like, okay. And then I think Northwestern and Minnesota was the same thing. It was like low three. So, I mean, it's like run defense seems like it's okay, but it's like, it's, it just seems like they get, the last three weeks, they can get seven yards whenever they want it. They haven't been getting the turnover. I mean, the defense has been um, yeah. regressing ever since Iowa. They're not getting the turnovers anymore. Still don't get a pass rush. Even though Branson Dean had the lone sack, which was a safety. It's nice to see him mm-hmm. get in there. 
Um, I thought that was going to be a game changer. Um, but I know they're missing George Karloftis for at least the next two weeks. Now, um, Derek Barnes, their other best defender, he's out for the first half against Nebraska. I realize that. Um, I, but they're I not getting anybody else to – Mitchell's still fighting through Banged injuries. Up, yeah. There's no pass rush. My, my question is, where's these young defensive linemen? Where's Stephen right. Faucho? Where's Bryce Austin? Where's Hunter? Hunter? These guys yeah, that are Dante freshmen Hunter. or retro freshmen, throw them in there. See what they can do. Yeah, especially in a year where nobody's going to lose eligibility. I don't understand why we're not just trying more guys. And maybe this week, that's the game plan. I know Brom talked about the defense being more aggressive this week, which okay. Yeah, we've heard that a lot the last few yeah. years, and nothing changes. Um. I mean, what's what's your opinion on the staff? I guess as of right now, November thirtieth, and kind of going forward, because I know this is a huge topic on Knucklehead Central. Right now. <laughs> I mean, offensive staff, I like it. I mean, I, I love Coach Shepard, um, Coach Barclay. I think I think they all do a great job. Obviously, uh, both Brom brothers, but I mean. Defense. I just. I mean. I don't know enough about the defensive coaches. I mean. Maybe just probably. We just don't hear about them as much. Um, yeah, Poindexter has been there for a yeah, while. Yeah, I like Poindexter. I feel like the defensive backs mm-hmm. play pretty well for the most part. I mean, I mean, they're pretty young, so that's. I mean, hopefully, has something to look forward to. But, I mean, I'm not sold on Diaco. I mean, I know it's first year, new system. <clears throat> we didn't have the off season that we were supposed to have because of everything with COVID. Um, but man, it's just I, I I didn't feel good about it with the Iowa and um, Illinois game, even though we won. Um, it's because we were able to get those turnovers. And I feel like I mean, you look at both those games. It was you know Iowa first first time for starting for that guy's I can't remember his name, but Petra Petrus. Yeah, Petrus is his first time starting a game, so he was you know inexperienced. And, yeah. And but they then, had some weak fumbles too. I mean, yeah, I think their running yeah. back had a couple like where he just dropped the ball. Basically, yeah. they're lucky like, we got them week one because they're hot right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Illinois. I mean, they were just decimated with with COVID yep. and playing. They're still too close. Yeah, playing like yeah. Their, that game's the one that's head scratch because we were up like 17, seventeen or twenty one or yeah. something and just took the foot off the gas. Yeah, but so when you're not creating turnovers, you're not getting pressure. That's when you see games like against experienced quarterbacks like we saw against Northwestern with Peyton Ramsey, who's just a Purdue killer. And um, obviously this game um, against the, against Rutgers were, I mean, they had, they had time to throw and we just couldn't do anything. I, mean, I, I just don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the scheme as of yet. I mean, hopefully they can change. I mean, mind, yeah. I, I don't know. The bend but don't break. I know they talked about that with Diaco, gave up a bunch of yards, but then like around the goal, around like the red zone, with Louisiana Tech, it was they he blitzed and got a bunch of stops to the red zone. Haven't really seen it, and I think I it's kind of down to the red zone. I had to stop him at the forty. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, but then it's also I think so. Haven't forced a turnover in three weeks, right? I don't think. I don't know. Was there one in Rutgers? I don't think there was anything at Minnesota or Rutgers. Um, no. And then when you're punting, so your punting's not good. You can't get a. You're not forcing turnovers. You're giving up a tons of yards. So then you're never flipping the field. I mean, they're getting the ball at the 50 yard line if Purdue does punt because they're getting pinned. And then if they, it seems like Purdue's either scoring or they're going three and out. Like, mm-hmm. 
they don't have anything. I mean, so Rutgers punted once. That doesn't really work when you don't have any, you don't force any turnovers. Yeah. And um, speaking of the staff and kind of talking about everything we've kind of talked about, Thad Mooney, who put that comment in earlier, he, t- he was texting me today and it started off with, man, the boards are still lighting Brom up. And then he goes, to the extent I get I get it, and then I don't. He goes, some of the best recruiting we've ever had is here, and the dudes are young. The Hope-Hazel comparison is BS. Hope had some okay dudes left on the roster, which he did. That 9 team he took over was pretty talented. And Hazel lo- losses were games lost by halftime. Princey's being nice. Uh, he said, now, now his post-game, he said, look in the mirror, and he has to the most. Been saying the last few weeks, I've been saying the last few weeks, stop being so uh, damn Gucci and going for a quick deep ball off a special play. If if simple running's working with Zane Train and King like this week, use it. Defense, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yako 3-4 doesn't work with what we have recruited and on the team. Go to a 4-4. It will help some for those we have healthy now. Corners and backs going to have to bring, bring in and pay for a secondary coach to do his job. Hate to say it, but give the man one more year for our higher recruits coming in versus who we have. No fans does suck without the energy, but us being flat just isn't on the coaching staff. The juniors and seniors need to do what upperclassmen are supposed to do. All caps, pick up the coaches, slack, be leaders, and get them to play. Without George, especially after the targeting, those boys gave up on the field. No coach can fix what, what the unit gives up like that. I mean, there's there's no – there's hardly any juniors and seniors that play on this team. I mean, like, what isn't there like forty to fifty there's, freshmen there's a ton or redshirt freshmen, 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 sophomores? But uh, yeah, there are some upperclassmen on defense uh, compared I mean, to offense. Mitchell Barnes, the Thieneman, yeah, uh, Mackey, um, Sullivan, um, is he Samissi? Um, yeah, but he's been hurt too. He, he yeah. didn't play against Rutgers. Uh, Anthony Watts. Um, he was hurt. He played the other day, though. Did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. He was but hurt in Minnesota. Minnesota. He got Neil. Uh, uh, yeah, Neil. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Yes, there are some, but it's not not a whole lot. I, think, I don't know. I think this is definitely a year where not, not, now I I do think letting Nick Holt go was the right move because I feel like he had regressed so much. And, oh, and he and the head coach couldn't get along. Yeah, that At too. The end. <laughs> that started week one last yeah. year. But I feel like this is a year where having him on the sideline could pay more dividends yeah. than than in previous yeah. years because without again without the fans there, um, having to create your own energy, he was definitely a guy who always brought it. Do you think? Do you think Brown? I guess I haven't noticed during the sidelines. I don't know if it's game presentation. Or they're just not showing it. I remember, like the first couple of years, you just you'd show Brom on the sidelines, and he would be lighting up Sindelar or Blau or something like that. It doesn't other than like when he was lighting up the ref at Minnesota, I haven't seen him do that. I mean, Holt was Holt was a whack job on the sidelines and just jumping all over the place and getting in people's faces. I haven't seen anybody. Mm-mm. I think it was more. I I, I don't know who was saying it. Might have been Boiled Sports. This was on their podcast, but they they brought up a really good point, and I agreed with it. About you saw him light up Sindelar and Blau, but I feel like because he trusted them so much and he knew exactly what they could take, how they could mm-hmm. take it, and I, maybe he just doesn't. They're older too. They were older, older, older a lot yeah. more experienced. Yes, but yeah, and maybe someone like 
Plummer and Aiden, who are obviously younger, um, May doesn't, you know, fully trust them yet. Um, given his, you know, he's obviously, he's, he's got a high expectations for quarterbacks. Um, I don't know if maybe he doesn't trust them fully yet, or he just doesn't know truly what all he can, um, you know, how he can give it to him. But then again, he also had been like his mom or something get on him for. How yeah. He, his parents <laughs> got on him for getting his quarterback. That's so what hard. I wonder. Yeah. I knew that, that he was kind of, he took some heat for being mm-hmm. like too, too intense. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the guy, I mean, like, come on, he's got that famous XFL video. I mean, I'm sure yeah. he is intense, yeah. Yeah. but I'm just wondering if it's he's old school football. If yeah. he, yeah. If, if he, if he's almost self-conscious, not self-conscious, he thinks about it too much. I don't know. But I was also now thinking about like, I don't remember. I don't think I've seen Diaco. Is he on the? Is he up in the booth? He's up in the booth. Okay, yeah. that would make fun. I was like, I haven't seen Diaco. I don't know. They've only showed him on camera like twice. <laughs> I know Brom yeah. is a big proponent of that. I mean, that was what he mm-hmm. and Holt were over. But I mean, I, clearly this sense. him. Yeah, I don't uh, know. But the scheme isn't working with him up there. Maybe he needs to be down there with the guys. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I like having the coordinators up in the booth because you can see things a lot better. Um, That's so you Brian mean Brian Brom's up there too. Do you think the defense could be worse, Webby? I mean, I feel like it could always be worse. I feel like they wake up this week or it's not happening. Yeah. I mean, it's it's they, this is the most scrutiny and backlash they've gotten all year on the defense side. I realize I your know. best two players are go- – or your best two players, one of them's going to be out of half, and then the other one's not going to be around. But- I mean, they got a lot after the Minnesota game because Minnesota did whatever they wanted for that entire game, and the offense played pretty well and won the game. Minus yeah. the Big Ten official taking it away, but Minnesota's got more talent on offense than yeah. Rutgers and Nebraska. You're not afraid of Luke McCaffrey, no, <laughs> or Wandale Robinson. Well, I, they'll run, but I was looking at Nebraska stats. Their offense sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like um, McCaffrey, they're passing the offense on the year. McCaffrey's 47 for 73 for 400. I believe it's 55 yards, one touchdown, five picks. All right, so defense has some hope. Martinez, Turnovers. 45 for 66, 447 touched, 447 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Two passing touchdowns as a team this year. That's um, uh, uh, Wondell Robinson. Um, where's his receiving numbers at? Did I not write them down? Are they still running, running him at running back too? Yeah, he's got 29 carries for 162 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, his receiving numbers, 30 receptions for 227 yards. Then their next closest in receptions is Austin Allen, uh, tight end. end, or maybe, yeah, Austin Allen, 14 yeah. catches for 169 yards. So half, essentially half the receptions. McCaffrey's got 360 yards on the ground on 61 carries, three touchdowns. Martinez is 40 carries for 223 yards, two touchdowns. Does- Dedrick Mills, their actual running back, 31 carries, 95 yards, two touchdowns. <laughs> I think Aiden O'Connell has more passing yards than the entire Nebraska team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you got to think, but I know Purdue struggled against the run, and that's kind of Nebraska's a run-first team with their quarterbacks, you know, or uh, Wondell Robinson. Um, but Nebraska on flips, I can't. They struggle against the pass big time on defense. So something's got to be. Think if we truly are running a three-four and we're not blitzing anybody, you feel like there's got to be somebody that can spy on the quarterback. Given yet, but I feel like we're going to blitz this week after hearing Bob's <laughs> comments today. So I don't know. Just going to send uh, eight guys at all at once. But I guess I guess what. So we talked about you know Brom being eight and fifteen since the Ohio State game. He's technically got a one um, game worst record at this point through however many games he's been at Purdue, as Danny Hope did in the same amount of games. 
but they took over programs that were in two completely different spots. Um, you think? I mean, uh, but I think we I think we got to all say that the shines wore off now. Oh um, yeah. But need need something. Positive I also laugh at the people that want him fired right now. Oh yeah. Or at the end, of the year. I just laugh. I even think the Diaco, and I, I I'm as frustrated as anybody with the defense, but. You got to give them next year at least. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Bo. I mean, Brom. Brom definitely gets next year. Oh, yeah, probably, think, and then that's why so big. I, I think he's I, safe yeah, for two I, I years. Think Brom got at least two years, and I'm fine yeah. with it. I think yep. it's it's you know, and Diaco is going to get time too. But yeah, I think Diaco's at least another year, um, unless Brom just gets so pissed off this year. You never know. I have yeah. no idea. Do you think? Do you think Diaco though has any say with the guys on the staff? So uh, the DB coach is Brown. Oh, Brown, yeah, from Auburn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From Auburn, who's yeah. been there a few years. Mm-hmm. I like Poindexter, but I, I think Diaco and Poindexter were at UCON together, yeah, right? They so yeah, they're kind of connected, but yep. I don't know. Maybe – I don't know if his Diaco has any connection with Brown or if it's if it's Diaco shakes up his staff or kind of below. Good. And then I know there's the, the defensive line coach is new this year. Mm-hmm. Special Jane, team coach Jane, is new. Yeah. Miyagi. I think offense is fine. It's more of if those guys leave for – to move up, I'm kind of that's always worry about like Shepard moving on to a bigger school, next the st- next step up, and yeah. kind of going from co offensive coordinator to either a mm. I don't know small time head coach or an offensive coordinator at a big program or something. But um, I don't know. You're talking about Tanner, how bad Nebraska is passing. I mean, it seems like all these quarterbacks can kind of do whatever they want against Purdue. So maybe this is a game that Wandell Robinson, well, one I don't know, I'm not going to get there. Think about that in a minute. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I I think everybody just needs to be patient with Jeff a little more. I know we want it to be better than it is now. It's year four. It feels like it should be. But I think a lot of people forget it shouldn't have been as good as it was year one and two. No, I think that's I think that's the the problem is that we saw we had so much success. I mean, so much success in quotes. Um, the first year. We had Compared to wins. the previous four Compared, years. Yeah, we had seven wins. You had almost as many wins as you had four years with Hazel. Um, it it definitely, you know, it went from, you know, that was a season where it was like, we don't even really care what happened just as long as we see something that's enjoyable. And all of a sudden we were given this seven win season, um, getting the bucket back, going to a bowl, winning a bowl game. And it was like, all right, you know, this is now it's, you know, we want eight, nine wins and yeah. year, two or three, greedy. got real greedy. Um, and that's just, you know, not really plot, especially when you had, I mean, his, especially his first year, he had all those guys who he was able to, you know, who had never really tasted success and those guys were definitely hungry. So, yep. that, so it's, you know, that I think it's like easy to get those guys fired up like Jawan Bentley and Barron and obviously Blau and Sindelar. Um, but then now when you get these guys who may have had success or whatever, I have no idea, whatever it may be, it's, I don't know, it's, it's definitely been mm-hmm. a struggle, I feel like. Yeah, it's just frustrating because the Big Ten is so topsy-turvy with COVID and everything, and this looked like it was the year Purdue could do something. And I still don't think it helps that the school down south is having a good year. That makes the fans even more ticked off. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, they're doing what we were hoping we could do, which yeah. is take, take advantage of – The stars the, are aligning. Yeah, the fact – I mean, especially – I mean, I'm trying – I was trying to think back earlier the other day of what our schedule was supposed to be under a normal season. Yeah. We were supposed to play Ohio State – no, nope. Michigan. At Michigan was the game. Ohio State's next year. Okay, so this was Michigan. Did we? Who? Who else was our other East team? Michigan and Michigan State. 
Okay, and then Indiana, and then when they're no, it was no, it was Michigan Rutgers. In, okay, uh, okay, in, in Indiana. Yep. Um, then you had the revised schedule. Then you had Michigan and Ohio State. So it was like, oh crap, mm-hmm. that was going to be a tough schedule. Then that was in the first three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like, yeah. Then you had the this new schedule. It was like, holy crap, we only you know we don't play yeah. Ohio State, we don't play Michigan, we don't play Penn State. You we know, get Rutgers at home. We get yeah. Rutgers at home. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just you know, you know, we get to play at Camp Randall with no fans. The, the stars we were didn't get home. to. <laughs> yeah, supposed like, to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this, you know, this was gonna be if we were gonna be this was gonna be the year to do it. Yeah. Um, and then we just yeah. And then we didn't get Rondell for the first three games, and then yeah. you know. Yeah, but the fact that they're also uh, cancellation away from going to the Big Ten Championship, that does not help whatsoever. I think the news today killed their season, so we can talk about that a little bit. But I I think he means so much to that football team. I think that really hurt them. Let's get into the Big Ten picks. Um, As my phone's loading the games, um, there was one cancellation today. Minnesota Northwestern canceled after Minnesota has what? What did you say? Forty-two cases. Forty-seven. Seven. Jeez. I think uh, let me see. If I can go back to my group chat. I think I think it was like forty-seven or forty-six or something. It was like twenty-one. No, I can't remember. It was like yeah, it was like between staff and students. It was something absurd. Well, the thing is now Northwestern clinched the Big Ten West. Yeah. Today. 47 cases. Yeah, 47 cases for Minnesota. North Northwestern clinched the West today. So unless Ohio State gets upset by Michigan State or Michigan or can't play either one of those two weeks, we're looking at a rematch of the 2018 Big Ten Championship game, Northwestern Ohio State. Do you think if Ohio State has a cancellation, whether this week or Michigan decides just to be an absolute dick and just cancel their game next week, do you think the Big Ten <laughs> will rework – to get Ohio State into the Big Ten Championship, they have to because they're the only they're, they're the only Big Ten team that's going to get to the playoffs. But would so. that? But would that? Would would then not chance? Person, would that matter to the college football playoff? They can take them still if they want to. Yeah, yeah true. I, think, yeah, I could, I I could see, it. and that would be his, kind of hysterical. I mean, <laughs> you got somebody else gets jumped by a team that's not even in the conference championship game, but uh, yeah. uh, but undefeated. Yeah. I mean that. Yeah. Look at the Big Ten slate this weekend. Uh, Penn State at Rutgers. Penn State's a ten-point favorite. I think Penn State gets a goes on a little winning streak here. They get their. Finally got one under the belt. I'm taking Rutgers. I'm taking Penn State. I don't think. (laughs) I think Purdue was just that bad to lose to Rutgers. (laughs) You know, Rutgers should have beat Michigan. Should have beat Illinois. They should have a lot more wins than they do. I'm impressed with what Shiano's doing. Right now, it reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of what Brom did in 2017. Um, yeah. Ohio State at Michigan State. I got Ohio State as a 22-and-a-half-point favorite. I got 24. I was going to say, yeah, I've got 24, and that seems a little Michigan low. State pulled the upset off of the weekend over Northwestern. Yeah. In the, some of the worst uniforms that's ever existed. They always seem to win in those things, too. I hate those uniforms. They're so stupid. They're blinding uh, lime green. I'm thinking yeah. back about how IU torched Ohio State secondary, and but then thinking about how bad Lombardi's been. So, <laughs> Ohio gonna, State's going to win big, but I don't yeah. know. They'll be 21. Yeah, I agree with yeah, you. Right I, I don't think they cover. Yeah. Maryland and Michigan. This is a tough one to figure out. 
Harbaugh's done. Maryland. Yeah, I'm picking Maryland's. Actually, no, after watching Maryland play. I'm taking Michigan. Yeah, Maryland was so bad this weekend. <laughs> yeah, Tim yeah. Malone, he missed like a couple guys who were wide open. Yeah, he was bad. He was he there was nowhere. Bad. Put it. Uh, hottest team in the conference, uh, number 24, Iowa at Illinois. I think Iowa covers. I got them as a 13-point favorite. I think they cover. I do too. Yeah, same. No cover. Number 10, Indiana at number 18, Wisconsin. This spread keeps going up. I got Wisconsin at 14 and a half. Mm-hmm. I got 14. 14. Which I, think is, I think it's a little bit of an insult. It to was a, 10 earlier today. Without panics. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, Tuttle is still – he was an Elite 11 quarterback. I mean – So was Hunter Johnson. He doesn't play. Sure. <laughs> So was Austin Appleby and Danny yeah. Etling. Yeah, I mean, Danny I mean, Tuttle, Tuttle's, but he's a pocket passer. Yeah, he's not a dual threat, but maybe that helps him. I mean, Penix was—they were trying to make him pocket passer. The one play he rolls out <laughs> or get tears his ACL second time in three years, which he could be yeah. out majority of next year too. That really hurt yeah. their program. Yeah, I think Wisconsin uh, defense is too tough. I think they're, they got the second best defense in the league behind Northwestern. Uh, give me Wisconsin and they cover. Really, mm-hmm. I think I think, I think Indiana finally gets handed one. I would love that. It's the first time they've care. had a bad break all year, really. Yeah, and I never wish injury upon anybody, but no. this is the first time they've had any. They haven't had any games canceled to COVID. They've barely had any injuries. Yeah, and, they, and, yeah. yeah, they. I mean, the first they time they kind they of got, got that call them. against Penn State. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting if they, that call switch if this season would have went. The way he has for them, and Penn State yeah. too, because I mean yeah. Penn State yeah. just spiraled yeah. after that. Absolutely. Uh, uh, maybe Wisconsin, Wisconsin can go for it, Webby. I think Wisconsin wins, but I think they win by like ten. I'm hoping Wisconsin does what Ohio, what I was hoping Ohio State was going to do a few weeks ago and <laughs> blows them out. Historically, Indiana struggles with Wisconsin. We, well, everybody's 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 struggled. Who doesn't struggle with Wisconsin? Ohio State. State. Yeah, but they don't Michigan play at times. Much. Um, and then Nebraska at Purdue. Uh, Purdue is a one and a half point favorite. I've got two. Oh, it keeps going up. Good. Yeah, I got two. I had one earlier. <laughs> this game does scare me, even though I was downplaying Nebraska <laughs> offense big time because I just I don't know where the team's heads at anymore. Yeah. And how do you, how do you if you're Coach Frost if you're Frost or Brown how do you get these guys up? Anymore. Yeah. I don't know. But that's for them to figure out. That's why they get paid the big bucks. I can't go for Scott Frost against Jeff Brown. I gotta gotta stick with the boilers. But it's gonna be a seven point game or closer. Hopefully, uh hopefully the Purdue's coaches and team are watching and know how know to clap. They're gonna be real clapping on the sidelines, hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully, uh getting in Frost's head with that, maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe taking after Kirk Ferentz's attire or something. Maybe that was distracting. (laughs) Uh, the series is tied at four and four, and but Purdue's won the last two in the series. To quote Scott Frost, this is a winnable game. Purdue's going to win. We will see Austin Burton for the first time all year, at least for a play or two Saturday. That's my prediction. I've been thinking that for a while. I've been stunned. I, I thought maybe there was a point in Saturday that they might put him in to change things up, but if he didn't do it yeah, instead of know. McConnell for Plummer, then – yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. I think 
I think I know Burton is supposed to be more athletic, but I think Plummer no. does enough of it that I think we would have seen it by now. Or there's really they're too similar. It's not really that much of an advantage to bring mm-hmm. him in unless he unless Plummer's just garbage, and that's why I'm I'm scared. I don't know if he throws Purdue, an early pick. I could see it at least getting pulled. <clears throat> Purdue's got to score forty points. I mean, because I don't have yeah. any faith in this defense. Yeah. Um, and that's asking the offense a lot. Yes, know. it is. So. I don't feel very good. You know, I'm still kind of worried about Rondell Moore maybe opting out, and I couldn't blame him really if he did. But then I got to think about it. He's good buddies with Wandell Robinson on the sidelines. I think he probably wants to play against him one more time. Then next week, I think he's enough of a competitor. He wants to try to get that bucket back. I think we would have heard. I mean, like it's not going to happen this week. It would have happened already if it was going to happen this week. We did have an opt-out today, though. Yes, that's what I mean. It would have. If you're senior, which wasn't a surprise. We hadn't seen him at least – in my recollection, uh, for out there for a single snap the last two games. So, a guy that's been through a lot of injuries, some ups and downs, some posi- a position change through his career, but he just kind of got lost in the shuffle. Yep. And he came can go play somewhere else next yeah. year if he wants to. It's free. He still has a year eligibility. Kind of came in as a quarterback and then yes. was quickly shifted to wide receiver. Yep. But yeah. At one time, he looked like he was going to be the stud guy going forward at wide receiver. And, and then it just, never really yeah. panned out. And then Brom came along and brought in boatload of talent. It was like the last two years he just didn't get much mm-hmm. of a chance. So, and when he did, he dropped a lot. I hate to say it. Yeah. So, but li- liked his effort. But uh, that that yeah. was surprising news today to come out of the press conference. So, um, we usually do top twenty-five games. We got basketball to talk about. Let's get right into say, it. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. I don't want to do any uh any uh. Yeah, top 25. But before we get into that, I need to remind everybody that the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by Mad Mushroom. Mad Mushroom has been serving Boilermakers since 1993. and They're located in the heart of West Lafayette, and they're well-known as the home of the original cheese sticks. But whenever I visit, I like to sit down and have an ice-cold beer while trying out their latest pizza of the month, which I'm not sure what the pizza of the month is going to be in December, so uh, keep tabs on their website and on their social media accounts for that. Uh, but next time you're in town, stop in and tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. And any Boiler Breakdown listener can also use the coupon code BREAK5, that's all, in all caps, B-R-E-A-K-5, to claim your discount online at madmushroom.com. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. Uh, boiler Ball's back. Still... Uh, can't haven't got into basketball mood yet, mode yet. Like besides Purdue, haven't watched a ton of college basketball to be honest. Butler and Purdue are about all I've watched. And now Butler's on hiatus till the ninth, right? The fifteenth. Fifteenth. They can't. They canceled. They canceled two more games. Okay, I did not know that. Wow. Yep. There's a lot of programs out there already on. Um, hiatus. I saw Vanderbilt, which makes me a little nervous because Valparaiso just played Vanderbilt last week. Mm. And we were supposed to play Valparaiso That's Friday. Friday, yeah. So, but um, Boilers sitting one on one record after the Space Coast Challenge down in, was it Melbourne, Florida? Yep. Yeah. Uh, they beat Liberty by a score of 77 64, which is a good win. Liberty went on to beat Mississippi State the next night and then beat South Carolina over the weekend. Yeah. So, good win. Did um, Frank Martin shaved his head. <laughs> Polar I opposite. Know, I didn't know the guy could get any more terrifying, but now I'm right because really I saw there was a side. It was fake. It very well could be. 
really not factory, but there is a side by side comparison of Frank Martin and Shaka, and, Shaka. and Shaka's got something on his head. And yeah, Frank I've got nightmares of Shaka's hair. Looks like a clown <laughs> wig or something. Yeah, not good luck. No, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, but uh, good win. I mean, Liberty was a scrappy little team. They shot the ball well. They're big. They're big. Uh, the big man, the freshman, he could really shoot the three. He impressed me. But uh, speaking of bit, freshman big men, Zach Eady was kind of the story around college basketball landscape coming out of Wednesday <laughs> night, putting up 19 points in his Boilermaker debut. Big Canada, as out they call of him. No, out of nowhere. I mean, he was fully. Oh, my. That is terrifying of Frank Martin there. <laughs> For all of our uh, listeners out there, Evan just showed a picture of Frank Martin and his bald head. It is very terrifying. Go Google it. Doesn't look good. But uh, yeah, Zach Eady. I mean, Brian Newber tried to tell us this guy's going to impress you with the way he can move. And seven four, I haven't seen a guy move that smooth. And uh, I was impressed. Time. I mean, and he how he caught the ball. I mean, there weren't always great passes, or how he's able to even tip it back to himself. I mean, Isaac Hosk was never able to do that because Isaac Hosk wasn't able to move his feet. I mean, couldn't it jump either. Yeah, so as it came like right to him, he wasn't getting the rebound, but Edie looked, I mean, pretty athletic. He did. Um, Definitely looked like a guy who's played basketball longer in three years. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely looked better in the 74th ranked center and the 400 and whatever ranked player. In oh, history. yeah. Six, six months ago, it's like, oh, yeah, this is he's going to redshirt. I mean, maybe in, maybe his maybe his junior year he'll contribute. And he probably no. does redshirt or not play this year if Harms, Harms. came back. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I think he looked a lot better than Harms. <laughs> First, I mean, we're two games. I know. I know. I know. There are going to be teams that are going to game plan them in the Big Ten. They'll have some rough ones. But oh, for yeah. two games, uh, my goodness, we couldn't ask for more. I mean, heck, right. I was. we were saying the same kind of same thing about Joey Brunk a few years ago at Butler when he started <laughs> off non-conference just dominating, <laughs> and then he gets to the Big East and just totally disappears. I think Zach Eady looks a little better than Joey Brunk, but I mean, oh, Zach Eady's oh, leading yeah. the nation in dunks yeah. with eight. Yeah, he hammers it yeah. down. <laughs> sometimes, even though he's seven four, his wingspan's huge. Like, there's sometimes uh-huh. like I don't even think he could dunk it, and there's a boom. I'm like, oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, he's a big boy. Um, he's gonna be some problem for the some uh, opposing foes going forward. Um, other freshmen that look good: uh, Jade and Ivy at twelve points. Unfortunately, aggravated his foot injury. I guess that he already had had. Late in the Liberty game, he missed the next night's game against Clemson. So reported today, it looks like he's going to be out in a couple weeks. Yep, not, not serious, good. but still not good though. Like yeah, and and that's and they missed him a lot that oh, second yes. game. Yeah, not only Hunter but also him. I mean, two ball yeah. handlers. That Clemson pressure <clears throat> on night two really got to the young guards and made them uncomfortable. And when you got Morton's a shell, I mean, he's only play, been practicing oh, for God. a week. Ethan Morton, the freshman, yeah. only been practicing for a week after coming back from mono. I mean, he had to play twenty plus minutes. Yeah, yeah. And he looked he looked pretty bad against Liberty. Not not any fault of his own. I mean, he's gutting it out. I mean, that Liberty was his first action, and I don't. Yeah, like I said, he'd been practicing for a week, and he looked bad for like the 10, 15 minutes he played. I mean, he he's, threw some bad passes just so you could tell. He, it was some late, some that didn't have zip on it. He looked a yeah. lot better. I thought against Clemson. Yes. Oh, yeah. he looked he looked pretty good against Clemson, especially considering that yeah. he's a freshman who has the week yeah. of practice. But yeah, still waiting to get his first uh, points as a Boilermaker. He hasn't gotten the box. Oh, really? Nope. He didn't score any points down in Florida, hmm. but a lot of other stats. Uh, Brandon Newman had a really good yeah. Florida trip. He had ten points against Liberty and then fifteen against Clemson. 
Webby's boy Aaron Wheeler had a good night one, uh, 10 points. Sasha Stavanovich at seven. Isaiah Thompson, seven. Sasha had nine. Isaiah Thompson, seven. Trayvon Williams, seven, but 11 boards. Mason Gillis, three. Five starts to him. And then night two, the Boilers just couldn't buy a bucket, really, against Clemson. And Clemson, pretty sw- solid squad. They looked like they were deep. Yeah. That really was a difference. They could sub and get fresh while Purdue was playing with, um, what, eight guys, seven guys yeah. without Ivy? Yeah. Um, but Edie yeah, was the lead crap. scorer with 17. Newman had 15. They both made the all-tournament mm-hmm. or all-classic team. Uh, Isaiah Thompson put up 15 points, but he definitely didn't play good. No. Um, Williams had 10 and 8. <clears throat> Sasha, 8. Gillis, 3. Wheeler, 2. Yeah. Um, have to get more out of the juniors than they did on that Yeah, the juniors were really disappointing in that game, which was, I mean, it's kind of what we saw last year when they were sophomores was, yep. you know, if you had to rely on – I mean, I, I guess, it, I mean, Trayvon was really good last year, but when you had to rely on Wheeler and Sasha and those guys to carry you, it usually didn't. Usually didn't build well for us, and that was unfortunately kind of the same. The biggest thing though was we just saw just we were just the pressure was really getting to definitely getting to Isaiah, um, and then and that's when Ethan, passes. yeah, and that's when Morton started to kind of bring the ball up and kind of run the offense through him, and that's when it looked pretty. They kind of sparked on him. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, he led the team five assists. Morton did in twenty five minutes off the bench. Um, I'm hoping, yeah, Isaiac can kind of bounce back, but you can tell this the Clemson's pressure just kind of overwhelmed a lot of the guards, kind of outside of Morton. Seems like one thing I did like was this team didn't um, when they're down about 15, they didn't just pack it in and get beat by about 22, 23, whatever. They kept fighting. Mm-hmm. Thought that was some spirit of the young team. We know uh, Rafael Davis <clears throat> um, kind of took a screenshot of Eric Hunter's snap, I believe it was, and mm-hmm. Eric Hunter was watching film when they got back at like 5:30 in the morning. And Brandon Newman, and Mason Gillis came in and wanted to watch it. Thought that said a lot about the young guys wanting to get better. I like that a lot. We're gonna like Newman. He yeah, oh god, he's a bucket. He's a bucket. Yeah. he's a bucket. I already he might be yeah. my fair player. Already. <laughs> he just plays hard. I mean, you can hey, see Webby can drive the <laughs> wheel of fan bus. I can drive the oh, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Newman. You're not in on Wheeler, Andrew. No, not in on Wheeler. Uh, no. <laughs> I think you know, Newman plays I like the way he plays defense. He's kind of gets after. I think he's gonna get <clears throat> just because he's young and he's learning, I think sometimes he gets a little too overly aggressive on defense. I think he's gonna get burnt a couple times. Yes. But he's know, he's lanky. Yeah. He's <laughs> long and he and he had a ch- I don't think he was in Liberty and he had like a chase down block when he got beat yeah. in the lane because of his length and his athleticism was able to recover from it. I mean, so he's gonna have those plays too, but he had a great play in the Clemson game where he kind of saved the ball from going out of bounds and threw it. And we ended up getting through it to Morton who then gave it to Wheeler for a dunk. Yeah, um, was a great play. Yep. Yeah. Um, so just, yeah, you like to see that. I mean, definitely him and Sasha, I think definitely bring the energy and tenacity, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, we're, we're going to like him. I, I just think this offense is going to struggle a little bit. I mean, because, I mean, was, obviously didn't have his best two games, but I don't think he played like terribly. He just didn't make, the short bunnies that he was making last Who's year. Who's that? Trevion. Sorry. Okay, you kind of cut out there. I couldn't. I couldn't hear that. And, um, and it worries me. He gets in early foul trouble. Yeah. It's like here oh. we go again. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I just think the. I don't know. They need somebody to step up. Was one of those guards, and it seems like it's Newman because right now without Ivy or Hunter, it's a whole lot. I would feel a lot better if we just had one of those guys. No, I don't, I don't care. Especially I don't care. Which, which is yeah. crazy to think Ivy as a 
true freshman. He's a bucket. Played, he's he's a played bucket. twenty minutes. Yeah, he's gonna get or a lot of points in his career. It's a, it's someone who's aggressive and can get to the hoop. And I mean, I think it, I don't know. I think Wheeler had a big set. I don't know if it was who it was in the first game. It might have been Morton drove in and missed a layup, but Wheeler got like the yep. tip slam. I mean, just mm-hmm. getting it on the rim. I mean, there's, yep. you've got Edie down there who's got Humongous. Know, ten offensive rebounds already or something yeah. in two games. And, and what I like about him, he holds the ball up. Yes, he did bring it down one time. Made he it dribbled once. seven five. Yeah, and but hold that thing up, big guy. Nobody ever get that. I think they were making fun of him in the second game. Like, oh, his first career dribble, and he got stolen. Yeah, <laughs> he's a pretty good free throw shooter too so far. Yeah, yeah three, three yeah. for four or something. Or uh, I would like to see Mason Gillis drive and be a little more aggressive. He's kind of been spot up, which I mean, he can hit the three ball, but I think maybe that comes over time. I mean, he's a muscular yeah. dude. I'd mm-hmm. like to see him get in there, and and but I mean, this is the first two games he's played in nine hundred some days, <laughs> so I can't ask too much out of him out of the gate. But encouraging signs. I mean, it was yeah. a frustrating loss against Clemson. I mean, if you just put Ivy or Hunter out there, I think Purdue probably wins that game. Definitely if they have them both. But yeah. it wasn't meant to be. It's, it's going to be a growing pain season. We're already prepared for that. We're going to beat some teams we probably shouldn't. We're going to lose this some we probably shouldn't. And we just hope we do enough to make the tournament. Um, that'd be huge. It's crazy. This is as much of a frustrating loss it was, just like how – Different, you felt for that after that game versus the loss versus Rutgers in football. Like, it's, that's a very good point. Like, it was just like both losses, both were ugly, but just completely polar opposite. Like, I remember, I remember after Clemson game, I was like, yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's the growing pains. We didn't have our two best guard, two best guards. Yep. You know, it is what it is. You know, learn from it, move on. I think it's just the game. it's just where the programs are at yeah. though, and that yeah. The basketball team has how many new guys playing? So Newman, Gillis, Edie, Morton. So half the guys played are I mean, true freshmen, redshirt freshmen playing. Pretty early on in that Liberty game, we had four newcomers on the floor mm-hmm. at once. Like, yep. early on, it was like, holy mm-hmm. crap, like, that was quick. Throw. Which is kind of exciting to see. Just, oh, okay, yeah. who are – like the first, second time you've ever seen these guys play, it's like, okay, hey, who are they? Where are they I think Matt's be? got the recruiting momentum, especially in-state going right now. I mean, it's – program's in a really good spot. And football is just a little – like we talked about earlier, it looked like the start should align this year, and it just hasn't wasn't meant to be, and it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't need to get back to football and get yeah, more depressed. Get back to basketball, so you yeah. know, a happy note. Uh, two games this week uh, tomorrow: the Oakland Grizzlies coming to Mackey Arena for the first game in Mackey. Not that it's really going to matter since fans aren't there, but uh, anyways, uh, home cooking. Uh, three o'clock. Yes, that's not a typo. I didn't misspeak. Three o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Good day to work from home, Tanner. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, Oakland's 0-4. We are 2-0 in the history against Oakland. I remember the last time I was a freshman at Purdue. It was on November 21st, 2010. We won 82-67. That was supposed to be a really good Oakland team. I don't remember what they finished that year. But I remember very vividly, I thought Kelsey Barlow was going to kill a guy. (laughs) He was a freshman or no, he was a sophomore on that team. And I had never seen somebody get so mad at another player without a fight breaking out. He was talking trash so much to the Oakland guy. The Oakland guy was talking trash to him. There was a time on defense that Kelsey's jogging back. And instead of looking at the ball or the play was going on, he's just staring at the guy jawing with him. And all of a sudden he just balls up his fist. I'm like, Oh my God, he's got to punch this guy's lights out. Didn't, but uh, yeah, good old Barlow, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other time we played him was December 2nd, 2001. We beat him 89-71. So 
they got blown out the first two games really, really bad. Uh, but they had some guys come back that were off due to COVID for their game last night against Michigan. And they took Michigan into overtime but lost. All I know about them is they run a zone defense, which we always dominate against zone. <laughs> ha. <laughs> Maybe this team will. So, and then we got an in state matchup against Valpo on Friday. Valpo's 0 1, lost to Vanderbilt, like I mentioned earlier. We are 8 0 all time against Valpo. Last matchup against them was December 7, 2017. We won 80 to 50. So, feeling good about it. I uh, can't afford to slip up to either of these teams. Get two wins. Get ready for uh, the ACC Big Ten Challenge at Miami next week and another home in state game against Indiana State next Saturday. So, Get two wins in b-ball, get a win in football, and I'll be a happy caper this week. Yeah. Keep keep Scott Frost complaining. We'll be happy. Be we nice. lost Evan on the feed. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see if he uh, hops back in here. Um, but uh, while we wait to see if he joins us, I uh, want to remind everybody that the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by Webb's Family Pharmacy. Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, in North Manchester, Indiana. Webbs is happy to announce that they are providing flu, flu shots by appointment right in your car. Simply call to set an appointment, and their friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high-quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out www.webrx.com or give them a call. Webbs Family Pharmacy, the professional pharmacy with a hometown touch. Did we... Did he lose connection? I, I think he said his computer. He's having computer issues. Okay. All right. Well, we'll still give him a minute or two, see if he hops back in the sign-off. But um, And our last sponsor of the Boiler Breakdown podcast is our recurring sponsor from last year, Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed loan applicators. Contact them today for all your landscaping needs at 574-223-2769. Shroff Landscaping, design with you in mind. Any closing thoughts? It's kind of funny that we brought up about how the basketball versus football program, just how – Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't real happy after that Clemson loss. I was pretty disappointed just because they tied the game. But it's still just exciting because there's you see the potential of Newman, Mm -hmm. how he's – I think better than expected. I was kind of, I, I kind of expected him to get to being a pretty big com- contributor, but I didn't think it'd be this year. Mm-hmm. And Edie definitely not. So that's kind of exciting. But then, mm-hmm. then football is just need to see something positive on the defensive yeah. side this week. Uh, and like like basketball, it's hard not to look into next year already with um, Caleb First and Trey Kaufman Rand coming back with all these mm-hmm. guys. Assuming they all come back, the future is looking pretty bright. Football, we're just not really sure. We're still getting good recruits, getting a lot of guys back because this is a young team. But it is just kind of concerning right now. We're losing some games we feel like we should win in year four, even though this is the weirdest college football season we've ever endured and hopefully ever come across ever again. But, um, yeah, it's uh, – I, 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 I would like to just win one easily. I would really like to see Scott Frost whine in a Saturday afternoon press conference about something. Because this team lost for the I don't know what third third straight week. Yeah, I'd love for him to blame anybody but himself, like he always does. <laughs> so it'd be fantastic. Yep. He's already got as many losses as, as Riley did when they fired him, and Riley had uh, 
a lot, <laughs> a lot more wins. But Evan says, "Hi guys, hey Webby, uh, he must be uh, joining us via his uh, his iPhone." So, but uh, Webby, would you like to comment on any final thoughts you have? I mean, oh, we got a comment go. from one of your good buddies here, Andrew. Yeah. Colin says, you guys ever feel bad for Nebraska fans elite program with Tom Osborne, national championships in the 90s. Once great program has come back to the pack, may never get back to greatness. Uh, uh, no, nah. don't, don't feel bad for him. If they had a better guy than Scott Frost, maybe. But um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, Scott Frost guy. Colin, a big Ohio State fan, so you can't feel bad for him. I mean, he's he's doing well and everything. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and he's. Uh, yeah, they've uh, even their basketball team got a five star recruit the yeah. other day. So that oh, was in on freaking Chris Holtman. At least it wasn't in the end. I still true. wanted Tom Crean to get him down in Georgia. That would have been funny. But uh, yeah, he can't complain with Ohio State. He's got a name right now. Yeah. So, but no, I have no no uh, remorse think, towards Nebraska. Do you think Nebraska leaves the Big Ten in the near future? Like, you know, five years? I, I don't. I don't. I, I know it's a it's a fun topic to talk about, but there's so much money in in the Big Ten through the Big Ten Network. Where would they go? Back to the Big Twelve. I don't know. Would the Big Twelve want them back? No, I don't think anybody wants was Nebraska. Yeah, Evan. Indiana corn is better than <laughs> Nebraska corn. Enough said. I think he ended the podcast last year about saying that too well, <laughs> before Nebraska. But uh, I just a split with. Uh, Texas starting the Longhorn Network and everything causing that split with Nebraska. And I don't see mm-hmm. them going back there, but uh, I know. But yeah, uh, I don't have any more thoughts. I just want to get a win and uh, beat the uh, Grizzlies, the Crusaders, and then the Cornhuskers. So uh, boiler up and hammer down.